You are listening to episode eight of By the Numbers on the Club KPAB Creative Community. Tonight's guest, the Moonlight Sun, Mike Skyros. Take your claw, my foot. Get the hell out of here. <laughs> That's the edit point. <laughs> and you're, you are listening to By the Numbers. Ow! On <laughs> <laughs> CKCC Radio, my cat is clawing me to death. Um, my name is Matt Jerline. I am your host. And tonight we are joined by the Moonlight Sun, Mike Skyros. Hey, Mike, how you doing? I'm good. I uh, enjoying might be giving me too much credit, but I'll take it. <laughs> no, I, I I am joined. Oh, I thought you said enjoying. Well, that's I'm gonna pretend you said enjoying, and I'm gonna take that compliment and run with it. Fair enough. So I've known Mike for a few years now, probably like four or five years at this point. Yeah. And we're going to talk about some matches of Mike's that I have refed. If this cat does not stop clawing me, I am going to scream. <laughs> Tonight's show is brought to you by Tinkerbell's Claws in My Foot and Ankle. <laughs> uh, so many of the matches that we're going to talk about tonight you can see on independentwrestling.tv, a.k.a. Jerry's Internet Wrestling Emporium. And if you haven't seen these matches, you're in luck, because if you use the code word numbers, that's N-U-M-B-E-R-S, when you sign up, you get five free days as a new subscriber. So, if you want to, if you listen to the show and you don't recognize some of these matches, that's fine. At least all the GSW stuff is on there. Maybe some of the Excite stuff as well. Ooh, uh, Excite footage, forever lost. <laughs> Johnny Moose lost the footage? No way. Well, it's, I wouldn't say it's lost. Lost would be saying we don't know where it is. We know where it is. He is just too lazy to upload it. <laughs> And we are a minute and a half in, and Skyros is already shooting on Moose. Hey, John, how you doing? Moose, I've said this to Moose. I've said this to Moose frequently. We're we're cool. It's fine. He knows. Oh, yes. Same, same. Um, I once saw the Foo Fighters with Moose. That sounds fun. I like the Foo Fighters. They're amazing. Um, I will go see them every time they come around, if at all possible. Um, Oh, excuse me. It was... It just kind of worked out that way. It was me and my wife and my sister and brother-in-law and Brad DeMeo and Nick Napoleon and Johnny Moose and some other assorted people that came along with us and along with um, my sister and her husband. And the Foo Fighters are amazing. And it was really weird, like just the, 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 the mixture of people. Yeah, they cover around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so before we get into the matches, um, Mike, take a few minutes and introduce yourselves to anyone who may not know you that's listening to the show tonight. Cool. So my name's Mike Skyros. I'm based out of Syracuse, New York. I've been wrestling since 2014. I was trained by 
Zachary Springgate III, and Isis FX at the Institute of Pro Wrestling right here in Syracuse. Some places you might have seen me, True Wrestling in Pennsylvania, for all you Pennsylvanians out there. I have appeared on Beyond Wrestling. I've appeared frequently on Test of Strength Wrestling in Connecticut. And I wrestle at Excite Wrestling in Binghamton, New York. So there's a few spots you can catch me. Absolutely. And um, once the pandemic has ended, I'm sure we will all be ready to go. I, I know I, I know you've taken dates here and there. I'm personally on hold until there's no longer the Rona running around. Yeah. But I know that you've taken a few dates here and there. I just saw something on your socials tonight where you are heading out in March. Am I? I I swear you shared something. The only social okay. media I have so, left is, is Instagram at this point. Okay. So if so you shared... Go ahead, sorry. Sorry. <laughs> My mistake. Uh, so what I did share was uh, Test of Strength Wrestling shared uh, a link to a match I had earlier this year back in March. It was a three-way match between myself, Sammy Diaz Jr., and Brian Pillman Jr., and that was a match I was really proud of that uh, they decided to just put out, like, hey, guys, this match happened early in the year. Check it out. We thought it was pretty good. So that match is available. It's up on all my socials right now at Mike Skyros. That's a cool match. Uh, in terms of the dates that you talked about, I did take a few. I worked... Once for Excite Wrestling, and I worked a few times for Test of Strength Wrestling uh, that I just mentioned. And it's tough, uh, especially for my peers will know what I'm talking about, but it's a bit of a judgment call. I felt that the promotions that I worked for provided a safe environment in terms of the people I'd be around wouldn't knowingly bring COVID into the mix. You can never be sure, but I could have worked a little bit more. I, I didn't feel comfortable with that, but I don't blame anyone for staying at home. It's it's really, like I said, a judgment call at this point. And I was scheduled for that first Excite show in the parking lot at, at the Oakdale Mall outside where the X is, but yes. I was I was not going to have COVID results in time because yeah. they had they had to do within like a certain number of days before the show, and while all the wrestlers in the Binghamton area were able to accommodate this. Me living in Northeast Pennsylvania, we weren't going to have results here as quickly as they were needed. So I had to cancel off the show, which was a bummer. But yeah. again, in the interest of safety. Yeah. Well, that's what happened to me, too, because I I live in Syracuse. Binghamton's about an hour and a half away, so not a crazy drive. Myself and another one of the guys on the show drove down to the same place everyone else got tested. On the same day everyone else got tested and got tested. Our results were two of, I think, four results that did not come back in time. So that first Excite show, we just sat in the locker room, and it was kind of a miserable experience. Luckily, we were cleared for the second one, but that was kind of a bummer. Absolutely. But what was not a bummer at Excite, though your mileage may vary, (laughs) will be the first match that we worked together here on our journey tonight, going back to... February 19th, 2016, it was match number 873 in the book. So a later start than a lot of the other guests, but you're also a lot younger. So that's okay. Yeah. It was a six-way scramble match uh, featuring yourself, Jay Freddy, Alexander James, Pinky Sanchez, Alex Payne, and Jimmy Lloyd. Let's talk about this one. What do you remember from that night? Yeah, uh... 
it was funny. That match wasn't really as clustery as it could have been. Like, six-way matches are always tough because of the personnel, like, the level of expertise. It's It can end up being, like, really fun and intricate, or it can end up being a complete cluster. Uh, but when you have guys like Pinky in there, Alexander James, Freddie, Alex Payne was very good. I hadn't been familiar with him before. I think this was one of Jimmy Lloyd's first matches. Uh, it was It was cool. Like, everyone was unselfish on the same page working for the match. I do remember that I got, like, suplexed on my head by Jimmy Lloyd at one point. Uh, I think I got hit with, like, everybody's finish. I don't think I hit a finish. It was just one of those nights. I was I was in the crosshairs a little more than I would have liked, but whatever. It was funny to me that this was our first match working together because we had we were familiar with each other from GSW, which I'd been to a few times, but we hadn't had the chance to work together yet. So the fact that it happened at Excite was fun. Absolutely, and I always loved working at that Binghamton uh, American Legion uh, for these Excite shows. Always a really fun crowd, and always a good mix of people. And this is, if you look at this card, if you look at this match today, and see where people have progressed to, you'll see, like, Jimmy Lloyd is one of the bigger, I guess, deathmatch names out there now. You've got Pinky Sanchez, who's perennial everywhere. You've got yes. Alexander James, who's big with WXW in Germany. Uh, you've got Freddie, who, of course, has gone on to, to work Japan a few times. Uh, so it, it was quite the mix of people. Yeah, it's strange how the, the webs of everyone's career like weave together and end up in a six-way match at Excite. Another thing that I remember, <laughs> too, speaking of the fans, is there's a group of 2CW fans that held up a not-so-flattering sign uh, about me. And I forget what it was made out of. Like, it was like it, it was like one of those weird Hallmark things where it's not a card, but it's almost like this like really kind of thick like cardboard stuff. I remember my entrance. Like, I saw it, and I was just compelled to punch it as hard as I could. And the fan brought it to me after the show and made me sign the indent where my fist was, and I said... Uh, from your friend Mike Skyros, go f yourself. <laughs> that that sounds about par for the course with you. Yeah. So we move along. We have our first match of a few at GSW together. Yeah. Uh, this time teaming with Jacoby Riddick. Yes. I, I I don't know what incarnation of your tag team you were at this point. Whether you were. Uh, Killer Instinct or the Brute Squad. I think you had another name in there as well. Yeah. So in order, it was Brute Squad, the Suplex Files, which everyone told us to change because we didn't do that many suplexes, even though we had a cool X-Files remix theme song, and we ripped off their logo a bunch of ways. But And then Jake wanted to go with the team of Skyros and Riddick, which is just printing money. And then uh, <laughs> he had a he had a real flair for the extravagant. Um, but I can just I, see the look on Jake's face when he's pitching that too. Like he's so excited, and no one else is. And yeah. <laughs> you're just trying to tell him like this might not work. He's like, no way, it's gonna be great. <laughs> yeah, he's. I will say he is very uh, no nonsense, bare bones. Uh, to put it lightly, when it comes to that sort of thing. 
but I came up with the name Killer Instinct. Everyone thought it was from the video game Killer Instinct, which is cool and I enjoy, but it was a play on because we are from the Killer Kowalski family trees. So I I was like, Killer something, Killer Instinct. And it's worked for us, whether it was the Jake incarnation, the Kevin incarnation, or the Jake, Mike, and Kevin incarnation. <laughs> we'll, we'll get to Kevin in a little bit here. Oh, yes. <laughs> uh, sadly, I didn't do any of your singles matches together, but coming up in a little bit, there was a five, or I'm sorry, an eight-man tag that we were all in together, as well as a six-man. Uh, but on this night, uh, Ju- July 11th, 2016, match 903 in the book, you and Jake up against uh, Kit Raff, Keita Murray, the Impeccables. Yes. So what I remember most about this match is I wanted to do, because I, I, especially at that time, thought I was really strong. So I wanted to powerbomb Kit Raff, pick him up, and then power him onto Jake's knees like a backstabber, kind of like the American Wolves would do. Uh, what I didn't anticipate was Kit Raff's impression of a bag of sand. So I powerbombed him the first time. I went to lift him the second time, and he just, he just wasn't, he gave me like a, I gave him like a Bob Holly powerbomb, and I felt really bad about it, but he was also very heavy. Uh, did not break his neck, spoiler. And, uh, Jake ended up eating a tombstone super kick for my efforts. But that was one of the two few times that we got to wrestle the Impeccables, and I really wish we could mix it up with them a bit more, especially where Kit and Kita have gone in their career. I would really like to see what we're all capable of now. And they have come a very long way. I remember them yeah. as just two kids coming in from backbreakers coming into GSW, green as green could be, and just to see where Kit has gone, what Kit has done, it, it's really incredible. Yeah, I mean, we were we were very green, too. Like, it wasn't like we were out here superstarring it. Like, the, the theme I'll probably touch on a few times with GSW that I'm so thankful for is, like, do I think a lot of my work in GSW was that good? Honestly, not really. But it was important that, like, I had that time to make mistakes and learn and grow and get chances to, like, try things. And GSW will always be super, like, cool and near and dear to me for that reason. And I, I've said that from the beginning about um, know, GSW having its place in independent wrestling and knowing its place – as kind of like that mid-level gateway for people to get exposure and get experience and not to try to like take it to that next like almost super indie kind of level and like it's it's the local promotion but it's also where people would come and, and get their work in like you like you guys did and like so many others and it was just fun Oh yeah, it was a blast. Like tell me tell me if this makes sense to you. Like GSW I think never needed to be a super indie to be effective in its role. Like it, it I don't think being a super indie would have helped. I think it would have hurt. I think GSW's like niche was they were 
kind of that variety show wrestling. You got a little bit of everything, but it was like a family oriented wrestling. Like it was more of like an old school, like WWF style presentation. Yes. And, um, it's something I'm very proud of. I had, I had a, a big hand in it, in its growth in 2014, 2015. Uh, even then when I stepped back from booking, um, still, um, kind of being on a committee that helped pitched ideas to the booking team and, and still trying to come up with ideas to help it grow. And I think, I think we did some really good things. And you're right. We, we had our guys that were just our guys. But yeah. we told some really good stories, and we we had a real good time. Yeah, it was such a blast. Like, I I miss it because it was just, like, at the time, sometimes it was frustrating like any wrestling company can be. But I really had some of the funnest, like, matches and experiences just at GSW. I'm glad to hear that. I'm glad we were able to foster that kind of community. And that plays into the next match, which you guys were starting to build the the story with Kevin or no yes. Kevin. And yes. something that I actually nominated for match of the year in 2017, because I thought this was a blast. It was match 939, February 11th, 2017. You teamed with Jake and Bo Nakoda against Kevin Cartwright, Shane Storm, and Dante Dio. Dude, we just talked about fun, and I remember watching this back because I wanted a refresher on this specifically. And man, it was it was such a good time. Just like all I had to do was just scream about how I hated Kevin and just try and kill Kevin. That's it. That's all anyone wanted to see, and then they wanted to see Kevin kick my ass because it was so irrational that I had this specific hatred for Kevin's and <laughs> the the whole. The whole no Kevin's thing was like some of the most fun I ever had. Like I kind of wish it happened more places, but GSW was cool enough and smart enough to give us that platform to tell the story that we did. And shout out to Bonacota too. Like I think he's one of the guys that doesn't really get thought of as much as I think he should because he's very uh, he's not really a squeaky wheel. He goes out and does his job. But watch this match. I was like, man, that guy was and is really good and I really had a, a I really learned a lot working with him in this instance. And I will tell anyone who will listen how great Bo is. Bo is one of my favorite people in this business. Um I've known Bo pretty much since day one and since his day one, because my day one was a lot longer before Bo's <laughs> but um, I was there at WXW when he was breaking in. I've seen him grow into a guy who really w- was really TV ready, and like he Absolutely. could. I I think he could appear on any major promotion and and fit in just fine. And this particular night, we are continuing the story between Bo and Shane Storm, who had been a tag team and split up. And everyone was on firing on all cylinders this night. Dante was as crisp as I had ever seen him. Bo taking Shane Storm's mask. Yes. That was, that was so great. And it was part of our build to Bo eventually taking the belt from Vaughn down the line. So. Yeah. Like I'll, I'll put him over as much as I can as well. Like, 
He looks the part. Uh, he performed the part. You can put him literally anywhere on the card. He can do tags. Like, that dude's, that dude's great. I hope uh, someone pays him money to do a bunch of wrestling. I hope so, too. Um, I haven't talked to him in a while. I'll have to shoot him a text sometime soon. I know he's also just kind of chilling and waiting it out. Um, I got to talk to him maybe right around the hockey draft, because there, there was this kid that the Bruins signed that they said was 19, but looked like he was 12. Yeah. And I texted him a picture. I'm like, look at this kid. There's eight, he's 19. There's no way. It's impossible. Uh, but we let this kid finish middle school before we draft him to the NHL. Right. That's all, that's Bo's only downfall is that he's a Flyers fan, and that and that's unfortunate. Yeah, that's that's rough. That's a rough experience. I, I don't know if you're a hockey guy. I know some of the guys around you, like Jay Freddie and Isis Effects, are big hockey guys. I don't know if you are as well, but I'll watch it occasionally. I do enjoy the Syracuse Crunch mostly because they are walking distance from me. Uh. And I do support the Bruins, but I haven't really caught up with any sport other than basketball in quite a while. I know you're a big basketball guy. Yeah. So, um, so that's your thinking. That's cool. And I know the season should be, I know preseason started, uh, this week, right? Yes, over the weekend. Which, by the time you hear this next Monday, will be last week. <laughs> Um, so we move along to um, a, a big show that holds a place in my heart. Um, it can be found on internetwrestling.tv. It was run by the, at the time, powerbomb.tv. It was the dark match that wasn't dark. It made the air. 9.56 in the book, June 11th, 2017. You team with Jake, Mick Moretti, and Sully Sullivan against the aforementioned Kevin Cartwright. Tyler Murphy, CPA, and Patrick Scott. Yes. This match was not booked until that day. Yeah, and, like, not that long before it either. Uh, I remember exactly how this match got booked, actually. So, uh, the guy in charge calls a big meeting, and he he lays out everything, and he says, what do you expect from the car? We do a rah-rah, a cheer. And then at the end of it, he's like, Hey, I'm I'm putting a I might put a tag together. If you're interested, come over and see me. And of course, like a bunch of us just run over and cut him off like immediately after the meeting and we ended up with the tag that you uh just laid out. That show uh the Break the Barrier show was so cool to be a part of because I tweeted out the class photo that we took like a couple months ago and the like the people that are on that lineup is just so diverse and interesting and even that match was so diverse like cpa's doing a bunch of different stuff as nick stapp uh mick moretti is one of like the most unique people i've seen like ever even in that match he did like one thing he did like this weird like contortion type thing if you watch the match you'll see it and everyone just lost their mind over it I know Patrick did something for NXT at some point. Really? And then, yeah, Patrick, uh, I, someone tweeted a photo of him because he's wearing the same gear. Cause I remember he was like, he was tall and he was tan and he was in good shape. Like, he's the type of dude that you would expect to like show up on, on NXT in, in like a, an enhancement type match. But 
him and Kevin had like perfect timing and synchronization on their tag team thing they did at the end of the match, like beating up me and Jake. It was very strange, but that was a wicked fun match because it was all just like us, like Klon trying to get into this like eight man tag before the show. And Patrick Scott, unfortunately, is the only one I can't place um, because I, I remember Mick Moretti and talking to him before the show and how he's actually kind of blown up a little bit and done a lot of stuff in the past year or so. Yes. And, of course, Tyler Murphy, the former Jolly Roger from Chikara. So I've known him forever and ever and ever. And and now CPA, like you said, is out there doing his thing. So it's crazy. You're right. Like, that class picture... If you look at that class picture and see, like, the guys who have gone on to NXT and the guys who have gone on to AEW, it really was such a big deal to have in this little warehouse next to a really sketchy flea market in Old Forge, Pennsylvania. It it, it was wild. Yeah, (laughs) and, like, I don't think the, the people that were there knew what to expect because, like, if you put that, if you just name the people on the card, like, I feel like that'd be a crazy indie show almost anywhere, even at the time. I remember, like, you had all these, uh, these guys from Mexico on there that were, like, crazy good, like, crazy skilled. Uh, I believe Gresham was on that show as well. Uh, yes. I'm trying to think who else, cause there's, like, there were a bunch of guys from IWS Montreal. There were, uh, oh man, it was, it was nuts. Two things that stand out about that show, though, before I forget, was during the match, I ran up and kneed CPA, like, directly in the mouth towards the end of the match. Uh, my bad. And then in the locker room, I remember Brute was changing, and he was in, like, these, like, tiny little underwear. And Colt Cabana is standing next to me, and he's like, do you think you'll care if I take a picture of this? And I'm like, (laughs) go for it, man. And he did. And he tweeted out a picture of brute, like in his underwear. And he didn't know about it until I showed him later. He's like, what the fuck? (laughs) For my limited interactions with Cabana over the years, that sounds like a very cool Cabana thing to do. Yeah. Um, I remember I had that Lucha match and it was, I, I took it as a challenge beca- to see if I could still hang, and I, I could. I was really happy about yeah, that. Of course. I also remember, I felt bad after, but I, I, I ribbed Vaughn because he was, he had just lost the belt to Bo, and he was taking some time off to, to heal some, some nagging injuries, and he walked in with the pizza and, that, that Jerry had ordered. And he got this giant pop, and I laughed. I said, he was our champion for six months. That's the biggest pop he's ever gotten in this building. Stiff. Um, <laughs> he he somehow still invited me to be one of his groomsmen this year. So well, must not have been mad. No, 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 no. He, um, Brad's like, what the fuck? That was my booking. And I was like, Brad, I'm just busting. He goes, yeah, I know. <laughs> oh, now that you mention the luchadors, too. So I remember watching uh, the guys warm up, and they did this transition where you see it a lot in Lucha, where they run towards the corner, they put their their right foot 
on the side of the, the middle turnbuckle and they'll turn outwards so that they're facing the ring and then they'll jump in and do a, like a Frankensteiner or something. And yeah. I was trying to do that for the longest time and I just couldn't get it. And I ended up doing like the, like reverse little springboard thing that I do for my finish on accident trying to learn that move. So shout out to the luchadors at Break the Barrier for like directly giving me my finish. <laughs> I, I just remember um, at first I thought Jerry was ribbing me. I was like, you're going to have me work Skyda's match because we have all known Skyda since he was a guest trainer and regular in Chikara in 2005 and 2006. I was like, you you really have me doing this and not Bryce? He's like, yeah, you can do it. I was like, yeah, I can do this. And then I yeah. didn't. It was really cool. It was a lot of fun. That entire day was a lot of fun. Yes, it was. We jump forward a few months after that to match 970 in the book. Uh, I feel like this one was also kind of thrown together in the end, but it, it was a fun one. It was for the GSW Adrenaline title. Uh, the champ was Clay, I want to say, or was yes. it Kit Raff? Well, I think it was Clay. Okay. So we had Clay, we had Isis Effects, we had Kit Raff, and we had you in a four-way match to end the evening. That was the main event that night. Yeah. It was, um, that match was cool. Like, it was funny that that and a match we're going to talk about later are the only times that I have wrestled Clay, and you were involved in both of them. And then this match, uh, you have one of my trainers, Isis Effects, which is, it's always cool for me to be able to like work with him because as a dude that's had 20 years of experience, you just don't get that kind of uh, resource very often in a match. So he always brings something interesting to the table. And a lot of it was throwing me almost on my head in new and interesting ways. So that was a cool match. Yeah. That, that's pretty much his part for course in terms of when we wrestle, but I'm still here. I got full bodily function, so it must have worked out somehow. Congrats for that. And Thank I just you. remember this <laughs> you're welcome. I just remember this match being fun. Uh yeah. even though it was kinda thrown together that day. Yeah. Um, I think all the people in the match were were the right people to make it come together. Yes. And make it work. Yeah, for something being thrown together, uh they're three guys that I was very much looking forward to having a match with, and I think we all brought something different and uh, interesting to the table. So, thrown together, but it worked out pretty well, in my opinion. Agreed. And we have some more matches to get to, but first, uh, we're going to take a moment, take a breath, and hear from some other podcasts when they come here and tell you about their own shows. We'll be right back. Hey friends, Chris O'Mealy here, and if you're into nerd culture like I am, then you'll love my show, The Nerd Table, airing every Monday morning at 7 a.m. on the CKCC radio channel. Eric Flores, Dan Peck, and myself discuss everything from movies, TV shows, video games, music, sports, and more, while we tell hilarious stories, interview interesting people, and just have fun conversations about the things we enjoy. Check us out every Monday at 7 a.m. on CKCC Radio. And if you're a fan of The Simpsons, CKCC Radio delivers the Stupid Sexy Podcast every Friday evening 
as Dan Peck and I review every episode of The Simpsons ever. All this and many other great shows can be found on CKCC Radio. Listen to us wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Thank you to the podcast that so politely provided bumpers and sweepers and promos for us to play in that spot. You are listening to By the Numbers here on CKCC Radio. My name is Matt, your host, as usual, and joining me here this week, this bi-weekly episode, because we do alternate this show with the A-show, is the Moonlight Sun, Mike Skyros, uh, mainstay out of Syracuse area. We've touched on a lot of matches from Grand Slam Wrestling. Unfortunately, at the end of 2017, Grand Slam wrapped up for a while. We did have one show previously this year on Leap Day. Yes. Because, because real life is for March. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, shout out to anyone who gets that 30 Rock reference, which is probably just me and Andy Hedder. But, <laughs> yeah, it might be. But that's okay. We move along to, okay, this was something. And what we're, I, I feel like we, we need to talk about this one a bit. We are at, um, the Rum, the Binghamton Rumble Pony Stadium in Binghamton, no. New York. It is match 1007 in the book, June 2nd, 2018, Excite Wrestling, you team with Stockade, Rob Cook, Jake is back, and so is Kevin as your teammate in the three-man yep. incarnation of Killer Instinct, and maybe at some points Mikey Whipwreck? I don't have him written down here, but I, I he was involved in some way. He was there! <laughs> and while there were like a million guys on your team. The other team only had four. And that would be Pat Sawyer, Garrett Holiday, Simon Queen, and Maddock. So let's so, talk about this. <laughs> let's talk about it, because this match was such a such a car wreck, so bad, so awful, uh, such a mishmash. I'm trying to think of other ways I could just, like, frame how bad this was. Um, and it's not really an indictment of anyone in the match except for Rob Cook. Uh, and so the reason we had like two extra people, Mikey was advertised. Uh, so he was going to be ringside with Stockade. He trained Stockade. That's the whole reason he was there. Uh, Kevin was in our group. Kevin was only supposed to be a ringside, but he jumped up on the apron before the match starts. And I'm like, oh, I, I guess he's in the match now. So we are the, the bad guy team with the premier good guy on our our team at ringside in Mikey Whipwreck uh against the two two person undermanned uh good guy team and this match i remember started with us like carrying the corpse of i believe it was was it Garrett Holiday out to ringside yeah we, dra- we dragged him out of like like a football field away, like there was this little tunnel where they had concessions and all that, and we had to carry him so ridiculously far. So it started out on an awful note, uh, and it was just one of those where nobody was on the same page. Uh, there's a lot of good wrestlers in here, but it's just one of those days where <laughs> it just didn't work. I remember specifically there was a point where uh, – Maddock and I were trading some moves. Uh, he was going on like a little flurry that you would see him do pretty often. 
And about halfway through it, uh, Rob Cook reaches out and tags me in the back, completely stopping his momentum and inserting himself into the match. Uh, I also believe this is the one where he jumped off of the, uh, the seating area and crashed into a bunch of us without any sort of warning beforehand. Is is a cluster. My takeaway from this match was, you're right, Kevin just got up on the apron, and at one point, one of you tagged him, and I was like, tag to Kevin, to guess. All yeah. right. Literally. <laughs> and I, I, I like everyone in this match. I, I've known Rob Cook since literally day one in the business, and Rob Cook is Rob Cook. And um, he'll tell you Rob Cook is Rob Cook. And I I will never fault him for that. Um, Simon was still very green. So I I felt very bad for him in this situation. Yeah. And and I don't think he lasted too much longer. I did see him at the show with the X once. He came and he hung out. Yeah. Uh, It was cool to see him. But nothing against him as a... Dude, he just he was he was not uh, firing on all cylinders during that match. This was a situation that he wasn't ready to be in, and Garrett was no. still pretty new, and Pat was still pretty new. Yep. So, and then on the other side, you've got you've got Stockade, you've got Rob, and now you guys are a few more years tenured in, and you've got Mikey Whipwreck, sort of, but not, but sort of. Yeah. <laughs> and. It, it just made for a really, really weird day. Yeah, it was, it was even kind of like hilarious during the match. Like, pretty much everyone in the match knew like how this was going pretty quickly. And I think a lot of us just embraced it. We're like, well, it's going to be one of those days. There's a photo of me standing on the apron. Uh, and everyone else is like looking at the ring, like, yelling at their guy to, like, get up or whatever, and I'm just staring off in the distance with, like, this existential dread on my face, and I think that summed it up best. <laughs> if, if you could send that picture, that may be the, the cover art for this episode. <laughs> I'll find it. So, after teaming uh, with Rob and with Stockade at the baseball stadium, we move on to match 10-12 in the book, which is at just the dark match for the Impact One Night Only pay-per-view, August 25th, 2018, you and Jake are now wrestling Stockade and Rob Cook in in a dark tag match. It was a super-duper dark match because uh, they let about half of the fans that were supposed to be let in for the pre-show in. Like, they opened the doors for a little bit, and then for some reason the doors had to be closed. So we wrestled in front of, like, a fraction of the pre-sale crowd and which is weird because after this match there was like a huge it was like an hour gap between the end of this match and then the start of the rest of the matches it was very strange uh but this match was cool uh stockade uh i know he is not the most popular guy at all times and he will tell you that but in the times that i've wrestled with or against him he's a pro uh he is a high level wrestler and I thought he worked very hard in this match specifically. Uh, and I have really nothing I remember that was, like, stressful or bad about this match. It was just, like, 
man, I really, I really wish we could have shown out a little better for the impact taping, but it was, it was kind of a situational thing. I will say this about Stockade. The last match that I worked at Excite before the Rona was the main event of the January show, which is on IWTV. I actually think it may have aired live on IWTV. And it was Stockade as the Excite champion defending against Matt Tremont in a steel cage. Yes. And a lot of times you get guys in steel cages that aren't really um, experienced in them, we'll say. And therefore, they think that they need to go out there and do every crazy thing they can think of inside of a steel cage. Where I knew going in there with Joe and going in there with Tremont that this was just another night for them and that they weren't those kind of guys. Right. And I've actually never been more relaxed in a cage than I was with the two of them. Yeah, they're, they're, like you said, that's their environment. They're very comfortable there. And, uh, especially for the Excite roster, those are two guys that if that type of match needs to happen, those are the two I would use. Absolutely. And, um, like, Stockade is Stockade, and again, he'll tell you that, but he's always been a complete pro, except the one time he dumped a bottle of water down my pants after one of his matches. <laughs> but, uh, you know, reps get ribbed. It happens. Yes. But he's always a complete pro. I've never yes. had a bad experience with him in the ring. Nope. Uh, even that weird six-on-four or seven-on-four, whatever it was. <laughs> wasn't his fault, I'll say that. <laughs> it just kind of happened. It was supposed yeah. to be four on four, but we just made it six on four. No big deal. It was a time. So from here, we skip ahead a year, and we go back to the Rumble Pony Stadium, <laughs> and this is match 1072 in the book, September 1st, 2019. Killer Instinct being you and... Kevin, I believe? Yes, it was. Against Jay Freddy and Slick Wagner Brown. Yes. So this was really cool because it was two different branches of that Kowalski family tree colliding. And I always have so much respect for Slick Wagner Brown. Like, I remember uh, watching him wrestle Two Cold Scorpio at 2CW and I would think, like, man, that would be crazy to wrestle that guy. And I've wrestled him, like, three or four times now, and he's still, like, super high-level pro, uh, super, like, unselfish works towards the match and really wants to get as much as he can out of everyone he works with. I can't say enough good things about SWB. And for me personally, he's uh, stuck his neck out and helped me a bunch throughout my career so big props to him freddie of course is awesome uh he wouldn't have gone to japan like three or four times now if he hadn't been really good uh super hardworking guy and this was a, a cool little collision course to have uh killer instinct versus the kowalski guys i remember being a fun match and it wasn't super long like it was maybe eight to ten like your standard tag match so it yep. didn't overstay its welcome, and everyone looked good coming out of it. Yeah. And and Slick, he's just smooth out there. Like, he will, like, he's he's relaxed, and he knows how to make things work, and it, it just always goes well. Yeah. He's, yeah, smooth is a good word to use. 
never had a bad experience with Swift Wagner Brown or with Jay Freddy, yeah. ever. And I've been in the ring with Freddy a lot of times, uh, against yeah. a lot of different dudes. And he is always another, like, just complete professional. He, he's fun to work with. Um, always a good time. Absolutely. Ho- hopefully one day down the line we can, we can make that happen again. Um, so we go to the first show at the X. Yes. Um, the new Excite Wrestling venue that was a Rue 21 in the Oakdale Mall in Johnson City. And yes. in singles action for the Excite Wrestling International Heavyweight title. I, I, correct. I, I, I hope I'm identifying that correctly. That is correct. Okay. Um, match 1087, November 2nd, 2019. Another true professional in every sense of the word, Anthony Gangone. Yeah. I, I can't say I agree and I can't say enough good things about him as a wrestler. Like, he is someone that I specifically had asked to work with for a very long time. And we had done a six man before. Uh, but at this point in my career, I was glad that I was able to have uh, this and then the following match with him just because uh, he's he's so good and the way that it's hard for me to express verbally but the way he approaches wrestling and the way he structures his wrestling I think is uh, very very good just to to put it blatantly um, this match was cool uh, I was marking out because. Ron Simmons was there that day, and Ron Simmons is one of my favorites, and I asked him to watch it, and I remember looking over right after my entrance, and there he was, posted up in the corner, sitting in his chair, and he was very complimentary towards the match when I spoke to him afterwards, so must have been pretty good. <laughs> uh, I remember, too, this was a match we used you quite a bit uh, for some different shenanigans. I remember Anthony... Uh, Used you played a little bit of peekaboo and popped me a few times, which led to me not being Excite International Champion. But I'm very proud of this match. This match was a lot of fun. I haven't seen this match since it happened, but I'd love to go back and see it. And I always enjoy getting to be a, a part of these things where, like, because that's what I'm there for as a ref. It, it's to communicate. It's to make sure everyone's okay, and it's to yeah. to be used in certain ways to help tell the story. And yeah. you and I have a really good rapport in the ring to where, like, we do stuff like that. And th- there's a few guys that are up on that list. Um, I-, I said it on a previous episode of this, I think, of, of everyone, like, the best that I've ever had um, chemistry-wise in the ring is probably Kevin Graham. Um, and then also like Matt Turner and Andy Hedder, who are like really close friends of mine outside the ring too. And like Diamond City War Machines, all those guys I came up with, but, but you're up there too. We have a real good time. You and I just like working off of each other. Yeah. And I think that comes from, so a, a lot of people don't understand that the referee is our third man in the ring. Uh, a referee can, help make a good match great. A referee can also make a good match poor. Uh, so never underestimate the importance of a referee. And I had known from being around you quite a bit that 
I could trust you to be in certain places. I can trust you to understand where I was going in terms of like impromptus or communication or things of that nature. So I think we have been able to enhance quite a few matches we've been in because of that relationship. And I think the fact that we get along on a personal basis only adds to that. So I completely agree. And and thank you for that. Yeah. And actually that segs right into the last match on the list because it's with a guy who just has to make like brief eye contact with me. And like, I know where he's going and I know what he's doing. And that'd be Clay Drasher. And he's a guy, he's one of my favorites by far. Uh, Match 1098 at the True Mill in Plains, Pennsylvania, a place that I really miss right now. Uh, January 31st, 2020 for the True Wrestling Big Gun Championship. Yeah, I, I really enjoy, even before I, I got to work there a few more times, like I enjoy the way True Wrestling presents their wrestling. It's, it's a lot of the same faces both in the crowd and in the locker room as GSW, which I enjoy. Uh, it's very laid back and everyone's working super hard to present the best kind of wrestling match. Uh, just watching this match back reminded me that I would love to get some more ring time in with Clay because I enjoyed this match a lot. I was proud of a lot of the things we were able to present in this match. Uh, but I think there's a lot more there that we could build upon chemistry wise. There's, it, you'll hear people talk about in interviews like there are people you just click with immediately and there are people that it takes a longer amount of time to build chemistry with. And I think that in future matches that I would have with Clay specifically that we could take it to another level. Like I really think highly of him as a wrestler and I think we could accomplish a lot if we put the right amount of time and thought into it. Absolutely. I feel like this was just scratching the surface. I know that night I was not feeling my best and I, I I felt like I, there were times where I could not keep up with you guys and my old man knees were failing me. (laughs) Um, But I, I, this break has been good and has helped and, Oh, excuse me. And um the match was very good and it's just the beginning it was just the beginning of what you guys could do. Yeah. Together. Uh so so my apologies if my knees made me bad that night. I promise they're getting better. <laughs> you were cool and plus like I now that you mention that, I that was like the I felt terrible because that was the height of like I I'd been fortunate to be uh, booked at more than I'd been booked in terms of frequency, like throughout my entire career. Like at the beginning of this year, it sucks because a lot of people were also in this situation, but I was really hitting my stride. I was working more than I ever had. And like my cardio was the best it's ever been, which sucked when I came back the few times. Like over this pandemic period, I was sucking wind way more than I'd like to. But at that point, I was just like, I could sprint around the ring I felt like the whole match and be cool and we were chasing each other around that whole building quite a bit so it it was a tough task keeping up with us oh yeah and you guys are like 10 years younger than me (laughs) so 
and Clay even younger than that, I I, I think. Even, uh, like, no, because I'm 39. So, he's in his mid-20s, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. I don't know how, I don't know how old you are. I know you kayfabe that, but. <laughs> it starts with a two. Okay, fair enough. Like, you know, kayfabe, you know, kayfabe that, like, Phil Stamper does, where he literally doesn't tell anyone ever. Yeah, I'm glad you brought up Phil Stamper because, uh, I was, I was gonna bring this up somehow. I wasn't sure how I was gonna fit it in, but I remember before I met him in person at GSW, I thought he was like some sort of like internet robot. Like, I didn't think he was a real person. Cause <laughs> he added me on like MySpace back in the day when I was in like, I was in like college and like my freshman year, I'm like, who the hell is this guy? Like, I didn't even have any pros as friends. Like, I was training at the school, but all my friends were, like, backyard wrestler dudes. And, like, I just saw this Phil Stamper dude posting all the time. And I just thought he was one of those – I thought he he was, like uh, – I don't know if you know who Dylan Bostic is, but I thought he was, like, him, where he was, like, this dude that followed everybody that I didn't think existed in real life until I met him as well. So it was very interesting to meet Phil. <laughs> I've known Phil since, like, 2001, and I am convinced, and we've made this story kind of like a legend of Phil Stamper, that there are eight of him. Oh, God. Because there is no way that he comes up in, like, he comes up in casual conversation with people that you don't know. One time, we were in line at the Electric Factory in Philadelphia to see... Bad Religion and Less Than Jake. It was me, Eric Pinhat, and Irish Kev, who's uh, Coach Leroy Skull. We're we're in line, waiting to get into the electric factory, and we're talking to these dudes in front of us who actually were wrestlers for GBW, which is Greg Excellence Promotion, Okay. out of Hanover. Like, we didn't know them. We hadn't worked for GBW yet, though we would later. And out of nowhere, they're just like, oh, do you guys know Phil Stamper? We're like, yeah, that's weird that you ask that, because we just met you ten minutes ago, and I guess we all know Phil. <laughs> there was, um, when I was going and doing my graduate studies at East Stroudsburg, there was, I had some some dealings with the uh, Judicial Affairs Department through through the college radio station. And the lady who ran Judicial Affairs, we were telling her about the wrestling show that we were doing as a fundraiser for the radio station. She goes, oh, pro wrestling? Do you know Phil Stamper? Oh, my God. (laughs) So I get out of this meeting. I'm like, Phil, I just met this lady. (laughs) So, of course, because it was we were talking to Judicial Affairs, she's like, are you in trouble? (laughs) What, what, What can I do to help you? I'm like, nothing. We're cool. But... You came up in conversation in this meeting. It was really weird. So we're convinced that there's eight fills. Yeah, I I mean, I'll subscribe to that. As you should. (laughs) Speaking of subscriptions, now that we are at the end of our end of the match list here, subscribe to CKCC radio and you'll hear all of our good shows. Um, Currently, up at this point, we have new episodes of The Nerd Table. A uh, new episode of The Stupid Sexy Podcast also came out today, which is 
every Simpsons episode ever reviewed oh in order. Um, we have the Bored to Death podcast. We have the Real Paranormal Talk podcast. We've got a lot going on at CKCC Radio. Uh, look us up on Facebook, Twitter, all your socials. You can hear us wherever you get your podcasts. Um, Mike, I'll let you throw some plugs out there. Yeah, so if anyone wants to find me, I am on all of my social medias, which are Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and now TikTok, at Mike Skyros, M-I-K-E-S-K-Y-R-O-S. There are also videos of me on IWTV that you can find. Just search my name, and you can also find a lot of my matches on YouTube by also searching my name. So that's where you can find me. Also, you currently have a web series out. Let's talk about that quickly, because I was just on yes. it a couple of weeks ago, and it was hilarious. Yes, so I have a show. It started out as me just, like, putting out a Facebook uh, post. I was like, oh, everyone has these long-ass podcasts. I'm like, if I do a podcast, it's going to be called One Question. I'm going to ask one question. And I was like, hey, you should do that. So I'm doing a podcast called One Question, which consists of me asking exactly one question to all of my guests. Uh it is like the shortest podcast ever, uh, especially because I'm trying to fit them all on TikTok now. So if you look on my social media, you'll you'll find it. They're there. And uh, I'm, I was doing them every day at one point, which was exhausting. Uh, I'm way too lazy for that. So we're we're stretching out a little bit. I might set a specific date for it. But for now, it's it's like a it's like a drive by. It'll hit you when it hits you. It's uh it's really wacky, it's a lot of fun. And uh the one that you did with me, I like I went downstairs laughing so hard because we recorded it. You didn't prep me on anything. No. So I got downstairs and I'm just laughing hysterically because like we just ended the call. There wasn't even like talking afterwards. Nope. So I go downstairs and look at my wife, I go that's probably the funniest thing I've done in a long time. <laughs> the whole, like, thought process behind, like, interviewing the guests is is that. It's, like, I want to blindside them as much as possible and leave them as dumbfounded as I can. Just no tact, no, no, nothing cordial, no politeness. Just, you know, here's here's your question and goodbye. It's it's really funny. Go out of your way to find it. Um, also, we have some friends outside of the CKCC radio network. Um, they're um, the soon-to-be-named network, where last week you heard Joe Sposto. Um, some of you may know as Leonard Chikarison from Chikara. He was our first guest on the A-Show, where we drafted 1995 ECW. Hopefully you've all voted for my card, where Shane Douglas and Ric Flair were the main event. Oh, my God. And not Decker's card, even though he did have Terry Funk against Vader in a Texas death match as the main event. He also had Chubby Dudley wrestling and the tag team of La Parca and El Porto Riqueño. So <laughs> I like some of those things. I, I keep giving him shit for that one because he meant to draft La Parca in Psychosis. Then he said El Porto Ricanio instead of Psychosis. And he's just like, crap. <laughs> <laughs> so that's 
So next week, um, as this show and that show alternate bi-weekly, next week we'll be drafting 2001 WWF. Oh, boy. And the guests will be Peter DeLong from uh, GSW, True Wrestling, uh, as a commentator, and also George Gatton. I like both of those dudes a lot. Uh, yeah, and we've done podcasts together before. The four of us, Decker hosted an end of the decade podcast last year that the four of us did. That was pretty wacky. And then back when Decker and I had shows from a hat, we all reviewed the Halloween Havoc with the Chamber of Horrors together. Yeah. So the four of us have a pretty good rapport. But the Speaking of George Gatton, be sure yeah. to ask him about the time we wrestled in Elmira and I did a bunch of Brock Lesnar's moves to him. I'm going to ask him about that. <laughs> I, I mentioned the soon-to-be-named network. Uh, Joe has his shows. You have At Odds with Wrestling. It's him and Adam. Uh, fun show every week. They have the Longbox Heroes and Longbox Heroes After Dark, which is your comic talk. They also have the Wednesday Night War podcast with Duge and Brett. And actually, Duge will be the next guest on this show two weeks from now. We're going to... No, Duge is the next at, on a show. I have too many shows. <laughs> um, Duge is after George and Pete, and then we're going to do 1992 ECW, or WCW. But they do the Wednesday Night War, which is they watch AEW and NXT and review them both. And there are many other shows on the soon-to-be-named network. Also, Irish Kev and Rick have the Hooligans of Hops, where they just drink beer and talk about it. <laughs> awesome. And if Ron Simmons isn't your draft pick, like number one for 1992 WCW, we'll be having words. I don't know, because I could draft the entire Dangerous Alliance at once. Yeah, but like, I feel like one Ron Simmons beats all of them. I think we'll have to agree to disagree. Oh, that's, that's <laughs> I don't know. Ron, Sim- Ron Simmons is awesome, and it was cool to see him at the X. Like, just kind of, like, chilling at Orange Julius, waiting to get his drink. Like, yes. just a normal guy in the mall. <laughs> um, we went to the with him afterwards. It was a blast. He was very nice. He was yeah, a very he's, nice he's, guy. Um, Ron Simmons. Everyone should book Ron Simmons when there's we'll no more virus. Especially with me, so we can form the new Doom. So you're Butch Reed, then? Yeah. Or is he going to team with someone else and you'll be Teddy Long? I mean, I'm I'm fine with all of these combinations. Well, I mean, he can't be Ron Simmons because he's Ron Simmons. Right. So I, I've tried. It's tough. You could be Butch Reed or you could be Teddy Long. And really, yeah. those are your options. I also, I get... Well, no, that's the APA, though. That's not Doom. Right. But <laughs> we call ourselves the new Doom, but only do the APA moves, <laughs> which are clotheslines and shoulder tackles. <laughs> The the APA of Doom. There we go. We we got there. Um, one other plug here: the Not Another Sports Podcast with Jason and David. Out bi-weekly. They had a new show last week, uh, which means they should be due next week. And of course, don't forget that IWTV code numbers N U M B E R S for five free days as a new subscriber. Mike Skyros, thank you for your time today tonight. You. Um, you have been listening to By the Numbers here on CKCC Radio. We'll see you next time. Bye.